Hi, I'm Adam. I'm Rob. And welcome to episode 22 of the Screen Bucket Podcast. Wow, almost halfway through the uh, to, to 50 mark. Yeah, well, 26, that'll be a whole year anniversary of doing this show. Incredible. Wow. How far we've come. How far we've come. We seem to do this every week, don't we? Yes. Yes. Well, welcome back, Rob. Yeah, thanks, back, man. Back from your Ireland adventure. Ireland, yeah, it's great. Almost died on the way. Uh, had a lot of uh, Irish stout. Uh, wonderful time, wonderful food, wonderful place. Clonakilty, which you have been before. Yeah. With me. Stayed at Inchy Donny Beach, um, a lovely uh, hotel resort on the southwest coast of West Cork. Um, yeah, lovely place. Yeah, I remember it being nice. I remember it being very flat. It was flat. Very light, vibrantly green, um, lovely strolls on the beach and the sand dunes, you know, mm, that sort of yes, thing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Any black pudding? Oh my God, so much black pudding, <laughs> you won't believe. Did you bring any back? I ate it. You scumbag. Um, but I have seen Clonakilty black pudding in England before, and I'm yeah, going to chuck it down there. Sure, it's more expensive over here. For those of you uninitiated, Clonakilty black pudding is officially the best black pudding in the world. Whatever they do with it, it is... Just unbelievable. I believe we made um, this mega fry-up sandwich when we were in Ireland, didn't we? We did, we did. Black pudding, uh, sausages, bacon, egg, brown sauce, ketchup. Uh, Was that it? Maybe something else? Uh, That seems like the limit that would go in a sandwich. Yeah. Well, maybe we buggered some cheese in there. (laughs) Maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But it was, yeah. Or tato crisps. Mm. Yeah, tato crisps. (laughs) Yeah, good stuff. Maybe it's virgin blood. Mm. Mm. I had, uh, uh, I've gone into the habit of having a black pudding and bacon sandwich on Fridays at work. Oh, yeah, because they sell that, don't they? Um, they have like a full fry up thing. They just bang in a sandwich. Even better than a muffin. Ooh. Oh, yes. Uh, but the kitchen staff, one of them stepped back and said, oh, can't stand it. There's what? Black pudding? I used to work. Press used to work. Used to make all the black pudding. There'd be vat of churning blood in one side and a vat of all the other stuff and they combine it, compress it. Oh, I hated it. The smell just made me more hungry. <laughs> Honestly. The description of that is like M&S adverts to yeah. me. Churning of the blood in the suet. <laughs> it's so good, man. It is so good. People who don't like it, they only don't like it because they're aware of what it is. Yeah, that's exactly so it. They haven't just, tasted it's it. Just, it's still the same. It's coming from a bag of life that has died. Yeah. It's, and it's like, it's a superfood, I believe. Yeah, All the iron and zinc. Yeah, unless you're like a vegan or a vegetarian, you have no excuse not to like it. Stop being a wimp. Yeah, 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 you listen to us. We know what we're talking about. Mm. We ate meat paste yeah. on this show. We had a yeah. paste off. We had a paste off, absolutely. Yeah, so we we're, know well, what we're, talking about. we're well versed in this, you know, line. <laughs> so what do we talk about this show? Uh, so we'll start with our film of choice, which is mm-hmm. Independence Day, to coincide with this year's Independence Day. Yes, yes, which yes. Has just happened. If you're listening on the podcast, um, we discussed uh, the news, the Fortnite Schmort Night, what's been going on. Yep. Uh, we had an in-depth look at the trailers that have been out this week, and we also looked into what children's games would make ideal oh. horror movies. Yes, indeed. And we'll talk about that more later on. We'll dip back into the podcast and have a little bit of an extra chat. Yeah. Extra chat because we spoil you. Yeah. Don't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you lucky people. Lucky, lucky people. Anyway, let's head over to the radio show. Oh, sorry. Let's start. 
Hi, I'm Adam. And I'm Rob. And welcome to a brand new Stream Bucket. Yay, I'm back. Yay, welcome back, Rob. Thanks, man. It's good to be back. How was your Irish trip? It was good. Uh, I almost had a heart attack on the way there. Oh, okay. Why? Uh, okay, I've never experienced this phenomenon before, but um, we were arriving at Cork Airspace, right? Yes. Uh, lots of turbulence. The plane is going mental. Okay. And... We're about to touch down on the landing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, pilot changes his mind. Plane turns into a freaking space shuttle. There's this big sound. The wings change. And just before it lands, it goes reverts upwards again and thrusts back up into the sky. Oh, my God. It's wobbling backwards and forwards. It's making funny sounds. People are looking at each other with strange glances of terror. There was someone doing a Hail Mary. Oh, my God. Um, Really? Yeah, it was mental. I, look, I turned to my brother and I said, well, we've had a good run. Never mind. Bloody hell. Going to die. Rob's last words. Yeah, it was mental. Wow. Um, and then there was just loads of circling the airport and loads of turbulence and stuff. And then the pilot was like, don't put a mining to you. <laughs> and then he said, um, oh, it was because the plane was landing and apparently the wind, if a plane begins to bank... Okay, yeah, Then yeah, yeah. it can't land because if it hits the uh, runway going, like, sideways, then it could, like, proper screw Whoa. itself over. So he had to bloody go up again. But I just thought we were going to die. I mean, that sounds awful. It was very scary. Yeah, I bet. When he did land, there was a standing ovation. Was there, really? Yeah, a sitting ovation because <laughs> you couldn't take your seatbelts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, okay, well, good thing you made it. And that was going to Ireland. That was going to Ireland, the rest of the holiday was running on the beach, uh, drinking lots of Guinness and Beamish and Murphy's. Very good. Lots of stout. Um, yeah, lovely time, lovely place. Well, on this side of the of the Irish Sea, we've had a um, um, bit of rain. Bit of rain. Bit of rain. Had my, bir- my birthday. You did have your birthday, what a night. Yeah, well, yeah, you joined us uh, for the evening out. We'll talk about that a bit later. Yes. Oh, boy, still aching. Oh, yes. Honestly, yes. my diaphragm, if I laugh too much. Ow. Uh, my body is just not recovered. It's very weak, very fragile. It was quite a night. Yes, it was indeed. Um, yeah, so thank you again to Matt Butler, who joined me last time for the interim show while you're on holiday <laughs> another holiday yeah ah, but here we are on july the 4th oh well, that's independence day independence day the day we probably shouldn't celebrate because um because yeah. we lost the country we didn't so much lose the country as gave it back though yeah I mean, do you know what france is more important than this place let's deal with france first yeah but it's france's fault because they get all sassy about Independence Day, but if the French didn't help them, they'd be screwed. Yeah, absolutely. So it should be France Day. Thanks, France Day. Thanks, France Day. Oh, yeah. that would annoy so many people. Let's do next year. Let's go to America on Independence Day and say, Happy Thank France Day. <laughs> oh, God. Let's do that in the Deep South. Yes, the deepest South. Yeah. The deepest South. The Bible Belt. Yeah. You're not bringing this up because we've just discovered that 
most of our podcast audience are American. Oh no. Oh. We've, we've done it. Sorry, America. Independence Day. Uh, yeah. Woo. Woo. Bang, bang, bang. That's fireworks. Yeah, that's not, fireworks. That's not assault rifles. Well done bang, for, bang, bang, yeah. bang. Well done for beating those limeys. Yeah. Yeah. Jaw did show them. Mm. Mm. Oh, I'm exhausted. Okay. <laughs> so what uh, What are we talking about on the show today? Um, well, Independence Day is going to kick off the first of our blockbuster season. Yeah. By watching and discussing Independence Day. Who'd have funk it? Interesting by, film. Yeah, by Roland Emmerich. Yeah, starring... No, oh, you go on. No, you go on. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Will Smith. Yeah. A lot of people love it. <laughs> we, yeah, not fast. No. No. There's a lot of sighing in that screening. A, a vast amount of sighing. <laughs> a vast. I think, I think at one point you just said, Oh, F off. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Absurd. Yeah. Oh, well. It's all good. What else are we discussing? Uh, we've got some trailers to talk about. We've got some movie news to take a talk. Take a talk. Take a talk. Take a talk. Take Yeah, we're going to talk about your Monopoly pub crawl. Yeah, we did mention it last time in an excited way. Now we've got a slightly more mm, jaded way jaded. to talk about it. Yeah. Um, talk about the importance of behind the scenes. Uh business yeah we get an update of rob's behind the scenes video he's making for quaggers how's yeah. that going well i've done about 30 seconds worth so far yay good good work uh well let me ask you a question oh okay ask me a question um you're not in your 20s anymore no i am not how does that feel um well at the moment quite achy achy quite tired has your emotions come back enough yet to be depressed about it um i you know i'm not that depressed about it in the last year, we've got a lot of stuff going on. That's true. We've achieved things. We have achieved things. Look, we're on the radio right now. Hmm. Ooh. Do you think if it was a year later, you'd be a lot sadder? Maybe. Like if we if, had nothing to if do. If we had nothing now. Yeah. Yeah. If all we have was maybe Corvus 2. Uh, the uh, the as-yet-unfinished Yeti film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got that one in the pipeline. Oh, God. Adam's Film Reviews. Child's Play 2019. Introducing your new best friend. Is a toy. He could be anywhere. Welcome to Castle Car. We have to stop him. Regular listeners to the show will know that when the news first broke, there was going to be a new Child's Play remake, reboot thing. Without the guiding hand of longtime Chucky creator Don Mancini, I was less than enthusiastic. 
uh, gravely sceptical and horrified may be a better way to put it. Without the vocal talent of Brad Dorff as well, I was certain that the new Charles play would be a complete waste of time. I, uh, I might need to eat my words a little bit here. Plot-wise, Charles Play introduces us to single mum Karen Barclay and her teenage son Andy, who have just moved to a fairly run-down apartment somewhere in Chicago. Andy struggles to find friends and is pretty obviously unhappy, and in a bid to cheer him up, Karen takes home a buddy doll from Z-Mart, where she works. This particular doll had been returned by an unhappy customer, claiming it had been acting up and whose eyes would occasionally glow red. Buddy dolls are all the rage, high-tech hubs for smart homes across the country, being able to operate any Kazlan wireless technology at the, at the command of their owner. When Andy receives his buddy, however, he's pretty nonplussed. When he switches it on, he's disappointed, but oddly drawn to the doll's twitchy, broken behaviour. Calling itself Chucky, he latches onto Andy and, eventually, the two begin to bond. But that's where the trouble begins. Chucky, seeing itself as Andy's best friend, refuses to allow any harm to come to Andy and punishes anything that does. Without any sort of moral code, the Chucky doll only wishes to help, but causes more and more chaos. Things begin to take a turn when Andy returns home to find their pet cat, who had previously scratched Andy and drawn blood, dead on the kitchen floor. Despite Andy's protestations, Chucky soon begins to turn its attention to Karen's new boyfriend, and then things take a really dark turn. Despite the appearance of the initial trailers, Child's Play is far from a deadpan serious take on the Chucky franchise. It is black comedy from start to finish, with some truly laugh-out-loud moments throughout the film. While this does in no way replace the original franchise, there's a lot to love with the director Lars Klevberg's take on Chucky. For one thing, I actually feel sorry for the little doll. Seriously, more than once I felt the tug of the heartstring before it gets ruthlessly cut with a big sharp kitchen knife anyway. With the old Chucky, it was all voodoo magic. This time, it's more tech-based. And this technological angle is interesting enough to keep my attention. And with Chucky's ability to control electronic products, this adds an extremely unique and unexpected take on the slasher genre. The casting again confused me when I first found out about this film, but Aubrey Plaza in the role of Karen makes a lot more sense in the context of a comedy. Mark Hamill as Chucky is without fault and is able to play the naive take on Chucky just as strongly as the deranged. I'm pretty certain I heard at least one Joker laugh in there as well. The soundtrack too is worth noting, Bear McCreary who recently also worked on Godzilla, delivers an excellent score that I just can't get enough of right now. There is a trace of emotional whiplash cut in between comedy and horror, but I haven't had this much fun in the cinema in a long time. Does this replace the old Chucky series? No. Is it worth watching? Hell yeah. Okay, okay, quiet on the set. We premiere in three, two, one. You're listening to Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. So then, Monopoly Pub Crawl. We talked about it last time and sort of in, a, in, excited, in an excited way because uh. it was about to happen. Now it's just happened. Uh, how do you feel? Uh, dead. Dead. Inside. It's yes. another kind of hangover, one which lingers 
beyond the normal spectrum. But this is something you've been talking about since I've known you. Yeah, since I was... Since 17, you've been talking... I was very young when I wanted to do this, and now we've done it. Mm. Um, and I feel justified in the pain I've got, because it was worth it, I think. It was amazing. We started about 12-ish, Kings Cross. Oh no, we, well, that was the plan. And trains were cancelled. Oh no, oh, this God. is going to be an omen. Um, so kicks off at Kings Cross like, I don't know, one-ish, I guess. Yep. Uh, met up with you and Josh. Oh, basically start from there. We did it in order of the board. Yes. Because our friend Alex uh, tried to install some sort of logical route where we did things in order of location. Nah, 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 nah. None robotic nonsense. So we went back and forth for a bit. Saw some other people doing it as well, didn't we? Yeah, people in Hawaiian shirts. One of the pubs, I think the fourth pub we went into, they'd ran out of half pint glasses, so they're serving us our pints in like whiskey glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane. Yeah, that's that's a good point. We were on halves. Yeah. Not initially, but after the first couple, um, we decided to be sensible and do halves. Um, and I don't know. To cut a long story short. We totally nailed it. We smashed it. Yes, we we got battered, but we smashed it. I think we skipped the stations just because they were out of the way. Mm. So technically we cheated, but we still did all of the colours. Apart from, and I've got the evidence here, some unticked red cards. So I was ticking off all the cards and posting them on Instagram as we did them. Um, The only ones we didn't do were red. Which were they? Trafalgar Square, Strand and Fleet Street. What's frustrating is Trafalgar Square and the Strand, we were just walking down constantly. Well, exactly. That I'm, I, I feel okay with Trafalgar Square because one of the other ones we drank on, we basically were on Trafalgar Square. We could see Nelson's column. Yes. So yeah, I'm justified that we did those two. Mm. Fleet Street, nah. Also, Vine Street is a bloody nightmare to get to. It's not even a real street as far as I can tell. Let me, do you know what was the bad side? Hmm. Um... Missing the last train. Missing the last train was a mistake, yes. So we were walking around trying to find clubs between midnight and two in the morning. And we didn't get let into any. And then we well, got... We got let into one, but it was rubbish. It was terrible. Yeah. And then we got to King's Cross. And the last train had gone. Yep. And we're happy at first. We're fine. We're like, well, I'll just wait. And then I got cold. Yeah, yeah. Something happened to Rob. He got possessed by some sort of cold beast. It was awful. So I had to. I went to St Pancras, and oddly enough, the only warm blast of air, vaguely warm, in a shivering ice dungeon, <laughs> was uh, by the door. So there's cold coming in anyway. You, the angel that you were, took your horrifically thin Hawaiian shirt yeah, off. Yeah, which would do no help at all. I did help, to be honest. Um, and I adopted the fetal position for two and a half hours. Yeah, I've got a picture, an amazing picture of you just open-eyed. Like, you weren't <laughs> even asleep, you're just lying there, just awake. <laughs> oh, my God. It was uh, <laughs> one of the worst experiences of my entire life. Yeah. Eventually, we got to Finsbury Park, where we were waiting for the first train back, and I discovered that the deepest, dankest part of the London Underground was the place to find yeah. warmth. <laughs> found you a took shelter now. in hell. Yes. <laughs> is what happened. Mm. <laughs> um, well, I was outside ne- negotiating with homeless people. <sighs> Finsbury yeah. Park's an interesting place at five in the morning. Oh, you God, never tell. Yeah, the screaming people and the... Oh, crying woman. Yeah, uh, it was odd. Anyway. Wasn't there a guy with covered in blood trying to invite you back oh my to his God. house? Oh my God, yeah. Right, yeah. So, 
we were outside waiting, and this guy just wanders over, really quite drunk, but seemed friendly enough. Except for the fact his face was purple, he had blood all over his shirt, genuinely saying, "You guys want to come back with me?" I'm like, "And we'll just wait. You've got a couple of hours for the train." Says, "No, no, we're we're all good. Thanks, mate. Oh, I'm gonna get a taxi. Do you wanna do you wanna jump? In? No, 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 no. We're we're fine." And we just walked away. We just literally just get away. away. From that situation. Sat on a bench. And we're waiting again. And a taxi pulled up. The door opened. There he was again. Guys, come in. Come in. No, we're fine. No. Honestly, terrifying. I think he wanted to wear us like skin suits. I don't well, know. Yeah, he wanted, he wanted to have his way with you. But anyway, the rest of the night was all good. And it was, uh, it was, it was just quite interesting having a challenge for the night. Yeah, it's great. Rather than just going out and drinking, actually going, no, we have to do this. We have a quest. We yeah. need to fulfil this. Next, was, next. That made it good. That made it interesting. Mm. And yeah, I can't fault it at all. And we basically did it. Yes. So, no, but we did much better than I could have anticipated. So. Absolutely. I do wonder whether we should have done pints for the real challenge. Well, there's always next time. There's always the 40th. Ugh. Uh, uh. We've got enough time to up our tolerance for that. Well, yeah, let's become proper alcoholics, then we'll manage it. We'll smash it. Yeah. Four-day hangover shortly after, who knows. Yeah, try it, do it, Monopoly Pub Crawl, see how you can do. Ah. Oh, mademoiselle, would you like to have a film discussion? Oh, yes, monsieur, I'd love to have an in-depth film discussion with you, like that do on screen, bucket. And that was the theme to Independence Day by David Arnold. I'll do. Is that who it was? I don't know. He did a good job, though, David. David Arnold. Well done. Yay! Well done. Horribly repetitive song, but still, you know, fills the heart, doesn't it? Fills your heart with uh, country pride and patriotism if you're an American. If you're an American, yes. This is Independence Day, July 4th, in D4. In D4? Yeah, that's what they called it originally. Oh, really? Yeah, because some legal thing with it being called Independence Day, apparently. Oh. Oh, very strange. So, it's 98, Roland Emmerich. Uh, you guys would know... 98. Did I say 98? What was it? 96, my lad. 96. We were seven years old. Seven years old. I'm, you know, I remember watching this with my parents, actually, and loving it. Yeah. Things have changed. I have a similar feeling, yeah. But um, yeah, so this is the director who bought you the terrible, terrible Godzilla 98 film, which I uh-huh. also loved as a child and now hate. Yeah. Uh, you got The Patriot, um, other nonsense, uh, Day After Tomorrow. Yeah. And Stargate, which is a film I actually really like. Yeah, same. And Stargate, the idea of Independence Day came out of Stargate. Mm. I think it was, because um, Rodan Emmerich does believe in aliens and stuff, and after doing Stargate, which was all about ancient aliens, Egyptians and stuff. He thought of the idea of developing it into a global thing. And that became Independence Day. Mad. He seems to have this, this thing of, I love my country, I love America at all costs, to the extent that he solved Godzilla, a Japanese hero, mm. by having the American army kill him and win. Yeah. Well, I think there's a similar thing as Michael Bay... Um, Michael Bay in the Transformers films basically signed a contract to, with the military. Yes. So in order to use military stuff in the film, which was needed for an alien invasion film, 
Um, he basically signed a contract to say that he'll make the army look really good and turn it into a recruitment advert. I yeah. suspect it was the same deal with Independence Day. The, yeah, this is. I've read something about this. There are loads of films that have signed this deal. I can't, you know, I can't remember the exact ones, but so many films are funded even by the military. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I think Transformers was partly funded. Yeah, mental. Yeah. Um, however, I think they ah yes, or I think that was going to be the case with this one, but the um, military pulled back on their deal because they asked for the Area Fifty One references to be removed. Mm. Interesting. <sighs> shady. Mm. Shady. Shady. Um. Anyway, Independence Day. Tell us what happens. All right. So you kind of, as it starts, you've got three main story arcs. You've got that of Will Smith, that of Jeff Goldblum. And that of Bill Pullman. So you've got the soldier married to a stripper with um, an adopted son. His, his, not his son, it's the stripper's son. Yep, just for some reason. Yeah, for some reason. Yep. Uh, so he's just the everyman, uh, the one, you know, the average working American can apply themselves to. You've got the nerds, Jeff Goldblum, who used to work in the government, quite a high-ranking job. Had a fight with the president at some point, had a punch-up, because he thought his <sighs> wife, now ex-wife, was sleeping with him. And he's... It's unfathomably moved to an electronics television company. Yeah, he's like a cable guy. He was really obsessed with uh, recycling and, and not smoking and, yeah. All that sort of thing. All that sort of thing, yes. Uh, doesn't drink or anything, I don't think, either. No, he doesn't drink. He uh, He's very by the book, very... Uh, and his nice. name is... Uh, what's his name? I can't recall. David! 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 <laughs> David! David! Um, that's his boss... Who yeah. speaks with a very like goblin-y voice? He is a goblin in human skin. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So all these characters. We also got the president, of course, yeah. and the first lady. So the president, President Whitmore, is it? He, uh, uh, he used to be a fighter pilot. So the country, he's having a bad time publicly. People are saying, "Oh, now first a war pilot, first a war hero, now yeah. a wimp." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You now know? a pussycat, absolutely. Um, Things all get turned around with the arrival. Oh, we go to SETI, don't we? Yes. And it all kicks off. They've got little nerds in their little room. <laughs> and they're playing golf on a sort of, you know, on the night, quiet night where they can't find anything on the SETI alien dishes that are listening for other life. Then suddenly, lights flash, noises happen, things go crazy. Mm. Something's coming. Yes, and something is coming. And it's coming from the moon. Yeah. And then uh, there's a signal, isn't there? Is there? There's a. There's a. But does Jeff Gold was? Does David find it? No. So there's a signal that um, I think. Yeah. Does he pick up it? He picks it up. He gets it somehow, and he reads, and he's like, "Oh, this is weird. There's some sort of pattern." And um, then he, there's that stupid thing where someone says something. His dad says something to him, and he's like, "Wait, say that again." Uh, some rubbish. Some absolute nonsense, but. He's he's getting a bit weirded out by this. They then everyone looks to the sky as these giant ships come out of this giant mothership. Yes, and they all come down to Earth and hover over all national landmarks across the world. Yeah, very specifically. But yeah, over things that would look really good if they exploded. Absolutely, the White House, Empire State Building. We see that close up. Then one's over Big Ben. Yeah, uh, Eiffel Tower, possibly. Yeah, it's in there somewhere. Um, yeah. And the world panics. He goes into meltdown. Mm. Bill Pullman, President Whitmore. It is Whitmore, isn't it? Yeah, it is Whitmore. Uh, tells everyone not to panic. Don't evacuate. Stay in your homes. Mm. Great idea. 
Yeah, fantastic. Mm. Well done. Uh, people don't really listen, though. People start rioting, trying to leave the cities anyway. Um, and Will Smith, what is his character name? Stephen Hiller. Hillier? Was it Miller? Hiller. Oh, I thought it was Miller. Hiller. Hiller. Yeah, definitely okay. Hiller. Hiller, Hiller. Um, gets crawled back into action, leaving his uh, wife and adopted son to get on with their day. She yeah. goes to work. She goes to work and then they leave. But um, right before the aliens are going to hit the switch, the kill switch. Mm. Uh, so Goldblum, David, he discovers, oh, it's a signal. They have to be positioned around the planet to bounce the signal off each other to send when they're going to start blowing up the planet. Yeah. So he finds a, the signal he finds is in the satellite network. Ah. Um, and what he finds is a, a ever-shrinking gap between information mm. and works out that that's a countdown. Yeah. And countdown to what? This this was when the sighing started. Yeah. Because we were like, hang on a minute. This is um, a hugely advanced race that's travelled across the universe. Yeah. Hyperspeed, etc. And they need to bounce the signal round On human satellites. On human satellites. Despite the fact... They have all of these ships positioned around the world. Yeah. Yeah. But the, it starts off with, as a bit of an enigma. No one knows what's going on. A lot of people um, go to visit the aliens to, to welcome them in. They mm. Crowds gather on top of buildings. Hippies and the such. Hippies and such, yes. Mm. With all their signs. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and no one knows what to expect. The US military send up a helicopter a la uh, Close Encounters. Yeah. Big light displays. And they're trying to say hello to them with all these lights. The hatch opens. <gasps> the mysterious, beautiful blue light. Oh. <laughs> Mass. Heli- well, the helicopter's blown up and it all... What goes oh, wrong? Hold on. And we suddenly see that they're not here for peace. No, they're here for war. Yeah, so the countdown... David, David, is trying to reach the president to tell him about the countdown. David! Through the ex-wife. He Uh, manages to get to the White House. And he uh, persuades him to leave. He he says to him, it's a countdown. The alien ship is over the top. Air Force One flies off just in time, just before the explosion hits the plane. Mm. President's out. But... uh, So, yeah, so... Yeah, so the countdown and all of the ships across the world open up their dorsal fin and shoot lasers down, blowing up everything. Yes. That's the key thing there. New York gets wiped out. Washington gets wiped out. But in this ever-growing fire that's coming towards everyone. Miller's, uh, Hiller's wife and son are in the ca- uh, cars trying to get away. Uh, and then the real horrible thing that actually made us stop the film and leave the room for a bit is that dog, isn't it? Right, the lovely, lovely Labrador. So they managed to get to a doorway in the tunnel. Um, those two have survived, but the dog's still in the car. It doesn't give a damn. It's just sitting there. The fireball is coming towards him. And then the dog... They call him, and he runs towards the doorway. And the fire's getting closer. The dog's not going to make it. But at the last moment, he jumps through the doorway. And the fire goes just behind him. And not through the door. The door. The dog survived the 
fire that burned through towns and cities and everything. There was an invisible force field in that door which prevented (sighs) the fire from getting through and they were safe. Now, not to make a big deal about it, but... Yeah. I think my issue with Independence Day generally is that tonally it's dumb. Hmm. And there's nothing to really sink your teeth into. I think it's supposed to be reminiscent of old 1950s black and white sci-fi films. Right. But it just does it in such a crap way. It does. But, like I said earlier, that dog bit, when Mm. I was eight, I'm 100% sure I was relieved and happy and ecstatic that the dog survived. Sat around with my family at the time, watching the film. I'm pretty sure I loved it. Now I've grown a... Somewhat of an adult brain. You could, that's when you pick the holes in. So is this just one of those films where you have to completely switch your brain off to to like it? See, I I hate that as a phrase, but yeah, I think I think you do. Um, but that doesn't defend it in my eyes. At no, all. you can't use that as an excuse. You have to kind of try harder. So meanwhile, the military, knowing now that the aliens are bad, the military mobilise. Uh, Hiller goes up in the planes along with the entire U.S. Air Force by the look of it, um, and they start. Shooting at the ship to try and take it down with their pathetic missiles, like that would do anything anyway. Um, but it's got a laser, a laser shield. Yeah, can't get through. Can't get through. And because apparently, uh, oh, who knows, the hangar doors open on the ships and a swarm of buzzy little insect light spaceships come out and start shooting down all the planes. Can I just ask a question? Why? Because they've why yeah why the when, ship is completely it's one invincible it's in, completely invincible they've blown up the cities they've won yep and to actually send any ships out and run the risk of losing one would surely hand the technology into the hands of the humans which is what happens yeah. so one of the ships um, chases down Captain Hiller who manages to navigate through the Grand Canyon or something. Um, and manages to uh, to to crash the alien ship as well as his, um, basically rendering that technology up for grabs. Hmm. That, is, that is the quite nice bit when he pulls the hatch open on the alien ship that's crash landed. Where are you at? Ah. <laughs> Welcome to Earth. And he does say Earth correctly. He doesn't say welcome to Earth, like a lot of people said online for a while. He says it right. He totally says it right. As if Earth means being punched. Earth. 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 Welcome to Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And he crash lands in in Utah. Yeah. On the Great Salt... Hang on a minute. Geography-wise, where the hell was he? Because when he gets in the van, he's eventually taken to Area 51, but he drives there. Oh, no, but they were in LA, weren't they? Right. Were they in LA? Uh, uh, Area 51's in New Mexico. That's not too far if you're flying, though, I suppose. Was he flying? I thought he was driving his little caravans. Well, he, he, he crashed the plane. So maybe they'd zoomed ages and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, he's, he's in the Great Salt Lakes, um, dragging an alien carcass in his... You gotta come down here with an attitude. Hacking all big and bad. And what the hell is that smell? <laughs> I could have been at a barbecue! Which we just found out uh, was not scripted. The Salt Lake just smells. 
Because of the rotting crustaceans of prehistoric times. Yeah, or I think current like microscopic shrimp or something that oh. rot at certain times of the year. Um, so yeah, uh, you blame the alien wrongly. Um, but he's he's picked up by uh, a horde. Is that the best way to describe it? of uh, of caravans and camper vans, motorhomes and the like, refugees from the cities that have been wiped out, and amongst them is Randy Quaid. Oh, uh, Russell's Cassie? Russell? Yeah, Russell Cassie. Or whatever. He's an alcoholic ex-Vietnam pilot who yeah. swears down that he was kidnapped by aliens. And, if you don't mind me saying, hmm. bit of a douche. Yeah. I mean, we are introduced to him and he's crop dusting in his plane. He's absolutely hammered. And he's crop dusting the wrong field. Kills all this dudes with his poor farmer's crops. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't know it was the right field. Mate, you've killed his livelihood. Luckily, there was an alien attack. Yeah. I mean, is this supposed to be lovable eccentric? Yeah, but he's just constantly letting his kids down. He's just a... Yeah. And uh, But he... Well, he manages to redeem himself, but... He picks up the alien. He says, you're on a ride, doesn't he? And he takes Will Smith to... Area 51. Yeah. Uh, where's David at this point? David! Uh, he got on Air Force One. Oh, so he's already there? Yeah, they land there for uh, because they're having an argument on the plane. Um, mm. David's dad is like, <laughs> Area 51, what about that? Use that. And then they say, oh, wow, the thing about Area 51 is it's actually real. Yes, that's it's, right. It's been hidden, by the, uh, hidden from the president. Yes. Uh, well, there's a... The Roswell ship was one of the Independence Day alien ships. Yeah. Why? A scout? But... Mm, seems weird to me. Why were they there 50 years before? Maybe it could have Is been a scout. the time travel jump? Maybe it was going ahead? Ah, oh, this planet's good for mining. But those little ships don't seem able of... Oh, I don't know. I don't know, Rob. They can do hyperspace, but they can't bounce things off their own ships. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, uh, so there is a ship they recovered from Roswell. Um, when Will Smith arrives with the alien body, they the scientists are very excited um, and decide to crack it open. It turns out the alien is like in a fleshy exosuit mm. with a more traditional grey alien inside. Apparently the concept artist did two alien concepts. Uh, and they liked them. Uh, Emmerich liked them so much they put them both in. And just put one inside the other one. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. What I did guess. they call it? A bi- and a bionic exoskeleton or something? Yeah, something bionic exoskeleton. But yeah. Yeah. So it is. Co- it is cool. The design is very cool. Well, that whole sequence in the in Area Fifty One with the autopsies, I, I do love that. Mm. Um, one of them grabs uh, Data from Star Trek and throws him against the window and starts talking through him. Yeah. And the president's like, uh, what do you want? What do you want us to do? Yeah. Well, it says, he says, are you here for peace? And uh, the, <gasps> he's like, no peace. Yeah. That's quite cool. And um, he that, says, what do you want us to do? And he says, die. Yeah. And that's freaky. Man. It is freaky. That did terrify me as a kid. Mm. Um, though then it's followed up with a very, very dumb, is that glass bulletproof? No. And they would get their guns <laughs> out and start shooting him. I mean, eh. Uh, so, uh, America do hatch a plan. Uh, we won't spoil the ending for those of you who haven't seen it, but uh, it 
the plan has to involve all of the other countries from around the world saying, America's plan might work. Let's join forces with them. Yeah. So you go around and, you know, America's done it. They've solved the problem. Hezbollah of um, Lebanon, he, uh, because it included scenes where Israeli and Iraqi soldiers join forces with each other. Yeah. Uh, they boycotted the film. And then for decades, the films of any kind of uh, alliance between those two countries has been completely banned because they're like, hang on a minute, no, we hate each other. Yeah, that's interesting. That's a shame. Because the film overall is trying to promote the American Independence Day to the whole world. Mm. That's what it's trying to sort of do at the end of the day. It's trying to push the Independence Day spirit. Well, we all got freedom. Something you've said to me before is... Um, whilst we've been having drunken conversations, mm. is the only thing that would truly unite the world is an enemy bigger than ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So aliens coming. So that idea in itself is very good. And I think that was done with the best of intentions. It just comes across very... Hammy. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> yeah. One American bit, I have to say, which is good, mm. is a killer speech. Killer president speech by Phil Bowman. Major, Harlan, sir. Good morning. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that... Words should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression or persecution. But from annihilation, we're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Yeah, that is a good speech. I still think it was from something else. We will not go quietly into the night. I googled it. I googled those words. And genuinely, it came up Independence Day, Independence Day, Independence Day. So I don't think it was ripped off by, you know, Lincoln or Churchill. I don't know. I feel like it was stolen. It was too good to be bloody Independence Day. Do not go gentle into that good night. Oh, written in 1951. So they did rip it off. Yes. It wasn't original. Uh, well, I suppose it's only that line. Yeah. But it was anyway. Good, okay, it was a good speech, man. All uh, right, fair enough. We'll give him that. It was a good, powerful speech. Yes. So there's lots of action in it, lots of ridiculous things, lots of weird out-of-place humour. Mm. A lot of the Jeff Goldblum, Will Smith scenes are just dumb. Yeah. It's just, it very much, again, it's very Michael Bay. It's very cliches and stereotypes. There's also a weird sequence where Will Smith's wife, who's a stripper, 
Mm. Meets the first lady. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, I'm a dancer. And she's like, what kind? Ballet? Yeah. Exotic. But is that, was that just there because, like, the aliens invading has caused the lowest of the society to meet the highest of society? I think so. They're forced to be together. Against this enemy, we are all equal. Yeah, it just comes across really wishy-washy and lame. Mm. Um, Other questions? Why did I laugh so hard when the first lady died? (laughs) I mean... What? I I was losing my mind. Oh, maybe that's why. (laughs) But uh, this is... um... Interestingly, uh, part of a group of films known as twin films. So this one in particular is paired with Mars Attacks, in which right, okay. around the exact same time, two ident- near identical films that come out, uh, namely uh, Volcano and Dante's Peak. Yes, uh, Zootopia and the other animal thing. What's the other animal thing? The, the bunny. Is that Zootopia? Hop. Oh, I don't bloody know. Well, there's ants and... Uh, ants the bug's life. Yeah, that's the famous I one. I think we're the only two people on the planet that prefer ants. Uh, Dread versus the raid. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those things that just happens just every now and then. It's just too much of a coincidence. What is it But people people think it's because one uh, company, they'll learn of that one coming out and they'll be like, oh my God, we've got to rush this and one out. And they rush one out, yeah. That is, that it does happen, but sometimes it's just coincidence it's just timing with the real world because warner brothers pushed mars attacks back to christmas of that that year now let's think about that mars attacks why is it better than independence day because it knows what it is yes it's tongue-in-cheek it's funny they're both playing on the same trope the same 1950s uh sci-fi flying saucers in the sky i'll tell you this i'll tell you the scene that makes mars attacks better and this is no offense to america whatsoever there is a no, there is a speech in Mars Attacks in which the Colonel stands up to the alien and goes, "We will never beat us. We will defeat you. We are better than you." And then the alien gets out a shrinky gun and he shrinks and gets smaller, smaller, oh, yeah. smaller. And then the alien just steps on him. Yeah, yeah. A little puddle of blood. And that's the difference. That is, yeah. That's a pretty good statement. Yeah. Mm. Um. And so yeah, okay. So how should we round off Independence Day? Uh, eight ticks boxes for families. Um, if you're, you know, and if you're not like immersed in like the actual intelligence of a film, then it's fine. But if you're the kind of person who's got a bit cynical and drowsy and hateful, like myself and Adam, <laughs> then you're probably gonna not enjoy it so much. Okay, fair enough. I think it doesn't go far into the camp enough, whereas the sequel does. Mm. The sequel was really, really stupid. Yeah, it's dumb as hell. And that's why I love it. Right. Because it's so much bigger and dumber. And I feel like either go that or go serious. Mm. And I would say, I would argue Stargate is probably more serious. Mm. If it was tonally the same as Stargate, I think I'd enjoy it more. Mm. Yeah, no, I get you. But it's kind of camp and dumb, but it sort of holds back. And it feels like it should be more. Yeah. Go more ridiculous. Giant aliens. Skirmishes in Africa. Yes. All that sort of stuff. All the stuff that's in the sequel, but anyway. Um, generally, then, I I can't really stand Independence Day. I'm glad we talked about it now. I, meh. Never have to again. Yeah, but yeah, let's leave that in the past. Let's like, gather some dust somewhere. And next Independence Day, we'll watch the sequel. Yay. Yeah, resurgence. Hi, I'm Randy Quaid, and this is my wife, Abby. 
I help media giants News Corp and Warner Brothers Entertainment earn well over a billion dollars for the film's Independence Day and Christmas vacation. What did I get in return? A Warner Brothers exec, Bruce Berman, stole my house. And News Corp's The New York Post continues to smear me to high heaven with a pack of lies. For good measure, Warner Brothers even had my wife and I falsely arrested six times by TMZ. No, for real. That's really how it works. Hashtag PMC. Police media corruption. Ba-dum! Screen Bucket on NoFat FM. Beep boop. Ah, that was Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Oh, what's this new character? Oh, I can't stand it! What? I know you're playing it! Sorry. Oh, my God. <sighs> that was my New York yet, <laughs> Um Well, that wasn't. Well, no. <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> Speaking of sabotage. Yes. Simon Kinberg. Who's he? Uh, he's the director of X Men Dark Phoenix. He, he is the director of X Men Dark Phoenix. And he's blamed himself. For what? For what, indeed. Uh, listeners of the show will know that I reviewed X Men Dark Phoenix and found it basically really, really boring. Okay, that's not great. Um, and it wasn't just me. I think that was the general consensus. It's just a bit naff. This was Kimberg's first ever directorial feature. And basically come out saying lots of excuses and things after its flops. Saying it wasn't made as a classic superhero movie. It was more of a dramatic, intimate, smaller film, which I get. Um, I don't. This is the X-Men. They're like the most corniest, hammiest of all of the superhero groups. This was a very insular kind of story because it was all about Rogue. Right. And her experience with Phoenix. Rogue? Jean Grey? Jean Grey. They're all the same, aren't they? It's all about Jean Grey and her experience with the Phoenix. That was very racist towards mutants. Oh, they're all the same. <laughs> yeah, they are. Some of them have claws, some of them fly. They all deserve to be burned as witches. As far as I can tell. Good heavens. <gasps> yeah, mutants. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a much smaller film, but it kind of didn't make sense with the last film. Did you see Apocalypse? Yeah. So Apocalypse, the end, she unleashes the Phoenix, doesn't she? Hmm. To kill Apocalypse and win and save the day. Yeah. Then in this film, she gets the Phoenix. Okay. Didn't really make any sense. And the rest of the, the rest of the story is about her kind of discovering what she is in the X-Men and what, what's happened to her and her rebelling against it. Eh. But the trouble with it for me wasn't that. wasn't the fact it was a smaller story. I quite like it, things being a smaller story. What I didn't like was that I didn't care about any of the characters. There was no establishing that anyone had any feelings for each other. And then all these the people kept then saying, Oh, feelings! What? what? Uh... Maybe that's my fault for not seeing it, but then... That's the film should still tell me that stuff. I don't. Well, I haven't seen it, which I'm disappointed with myself with because X Men are my favourites. But uh, I didn't understand why. I still don't understand why. So they screwed up the the Phoenix saga the first time with the Last Stand. Uh huh. Because that was bad. That was really bad. Um, That's probably the worst one. I think. So I think the idea was well, we need to take another stab at that one because it's one of the best X Men stories. So let's try again, and obviously they failed again. And I don't know why they didn't just try and go for something else, something fresh. There's so many blooming X Men comics dating back years and years and years and years. Yeah. Is there nothing else? Well, the thing is, Simon Kinberg's been on the scene for a long time as a writer. He's just been given this as a de- directorial debut. But he's not the first one to just be given a major film. No. 
like Colin Trevorrow of Jurassic World, he just sort of came out of nowhere. Gareth Edwards was given Star Wars and Godzilla, having not really done too much either. It just seems like people are trying different things to get different voices out there, and sometimes it doesn't work. It's a roll of dice, because you think 10, 15 years ago, these kind of films were given to tried and tested directors. Like Spider-Man was given straight to Sam Raimi, for God's sake. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is different. This is uh, an era where blockbusters are coming out light, right, left, and centre. Something as big as Jurassic Park is given to a relative newcomer. Mm. We see the results of that. Well, the um, the other comparable one is the the Fantastic Four film, right? That came out a while ago, um, which was more like a body horror, dark horror. Mm. And then they panicked. The studio panicked, freaked out, and went the other way with it, and tried to add in extra bits. So the end film was just a mess. It was like a mutant in itself. But what the weird thing is, is that the studio agreed to do that. Mm. Why did they agree to get that director's vision and then change their mind? And as far as I'm aware, there was a similar thing with this. So, yes. Dark Phoenix, I mean, it's alright. It's just boring. Mm. When you compare it, when it's up against Avengers, it doesn't really compare. Great shame. But I would say the directing was fine. The write, the writing was fine. It's just I wasn't connected to the characters. Mm. So yeah, don't blame yourself, Simon. Come work with us. Yeah, we love you. We'll be X Men. Yes. Mm. Yo. We can't keep doing the whole theme tune. Next. Next game reviews: Crash Team Racing, Nitro Fueled. Remember Crash Team Racing? You know, that game that came out in 1999. Sony's attempt to come up with something to compete with Mario Kart. You know the one. No? No, me neither. Well, that is until I started playing it. Then I remembered I played this game a lot as a kid. Like, a lot, a lot. How can I have forgotten that? I remember other games from around that time, Destruction Derby, Die Hard Trilogy, even Pandemonium. How did I forget that I'd ever played Crash Team Racing? Eh, it's weird anyway. Moving on to this ground up remake, incorporating the first two CTR games almost since the first game's original release. And you'd be forgiven for thinking that this was just Activision jumping on the success of the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy from 2017. But you'd be very, very wrong. I mean, it's Activision, they are definitely jumping on the money train here. But at least they've made a brilliant game out of it. I've never been a big fan of kart racing games, I always see them as being good fun with friends for a couple of hours, but I've never enjoyed playing them on my own. That's until now anyway. This game is fun, hands down the most fun I've had with a game this year, and that includes Rage 2. The controls have been expertly crafted to make the cars and the tracks work with these beastie machines we play games on nowadays. The team at Beanox have done a really wonderful job of making the game look frankly a little bit beautiful as far as modern standards go. The storyline for what it is does its job well enough, and there's customizability with different skins for your cars and whatnot, not that I really care about that sort of stuff. But most of all, and I cannot, cannot stress this enough, this game is just hands down, legs smackingly, eye-wateringly, crow's feet crackingly, frankly, put a smile on your face widely, fun! I cannot recommend this game enough. This game would even make Adam smile, and he never smiles. It's quite disturbing, really. Welcome to Fortnite Schmortnite. Yay. Yay. 
Uh, so, we'll start off with uh, some good zombie news. Good zombie news? I know, news. it's been a while, man. Alright, okay. But uh, Danny Boyle has revealed he's working on a third movie in the Ooh. 28 Days Later franchise. Whoa! Uh, screenwriter Alex Garland, who penned the original, will be back. He, Alex Garland's one of my favourite British people out there in the film universe, anyway. Who, who, what else has he done? Ex Machina. Oh, yeah. Dread. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, right up your alley. Awesome guy. Sunshine, most of my favourite films. Written by this guy. Yeah, so he's a very intelligent and complex writer who can kind of cut to the core of human emotion with his films. Yeah, and loads of blood. Loads of blood. Loads of blood. Yeah, Boyle said, uh, Alex Garland and I have a wonderful idea for the third part. It's properly good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Part of the firm. Part of the firm. Get the firm back together. Get the firm back together. (laughs) Uh, He went on to say, in reference to Garland, that he's concentrating on directing his own work at the moment. So it stood in a abeyance, abeyance, a new word for me, but it's a you never know. That's how he said it, it's a you never know, so now that's a kind of a pullback. Okay. So I think there is going to be one, but it's not going to be out anytime soon. Well, they have a really good idea and it's just going to float about yeah. till they're free. I mean, this mm. happens time and time again, so we'll have to watch out for that one, but what do you think about the idea of a third one? Do you know, I'm, I, I think it'd be good. I think it's always been set up to have a sequel, yeah. I think, a trilogy. I, I mean... Considering uh, it kick-started the sort of re-kick-started the zombie franchise, the zombie world, effectively. So this is pre-Walking Dead and all that. The I zombies mean, yeah. were slow walking, you know. That's all I did. They kind of faffed about, and then 28 days later was a real sort of these zombies are terrifying and they leg it at you. Uh, and, well, they were the first running zombies. Yeah. Were they the first? Was Dawn of the Dead? What was the Dawn of the Dead remake? 2004. So yeah. This 28 days later it was 2002, mm. so it, kicked, it presumably it started the running zombie. Are they zombies? <laughs> they're rage-infected humans, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, really angry. Really, really angry. They're like West Ham supporters. <laughs> They've always got um, a really good cast. I mean, the first one was uh, Killian Murphy. Yep. They had Ray Winston, didn't they? Was he the? No, it was Brendan Gleeson. Naomi yes, Harris, it was, yeah, and Christopher Eccleston as well as the, as oh, the soldier God, guy. Oh yeah, that evil soldier guy. And then yeah, yeah. the second one's got Robert Carlyle. Idris Elba as well. Twenty Eight Weeks oh, Later. I don't remember him in it. Hmm. I haven't seen Twenty Eight Weeks Later in a long time, actually. Never have I. Days I saw so many times. Very good. Yeah. No. Yeah. Looking forward to that. But yeah. Moving on. The Joker has been confirmed as rated R. Yes. R. Ha For pirates. I'm really excited about that. I'm really happy. Very good news, because this is obviously from the trailer that we've seen, a dark, dark tale of the Joker. So it will be made even darker by him doing atrocious acts, I assume. Yeah. No, it's really... Uh, someone... Oh, I've read something in reference to this. Someone complained about it being R-rated, and the director replied to him directly it's on social media somewhere. Uh, don't watch this film. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Just don't bother with this one. It's not. It's not for you. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm really looking forward to Joker. Yeah. I don't know if it will connect, but to be honest, I don't really care. I, it's got to be so far away from anything DC-related in the last ever. I mean, I can't think of anything tonally that's close to it. I mean, even well, I think the Marvel what, world. I think that's what they wanted to do with Batman vs Superman, but it just didn't it work. Just didn't work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Very good news, very good news. In fact, DC, if the whole universe was R-rated... That'd be so much better. Suicide Squad would be fantastic. 
I mean, maybe that's the trick they're missing. They're trying to go dark, but they're just not going dark enough. Yeah, have blood and guts and gore and exploding people. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting, yeah. What's next? Uh, on the Marvel side of the spectrum, uh, Tom Hardy is allegedly to return as Venom. Oh, really? Yeah, producer Amy Pascal has uh, said that Hardy will be returning to play Eddie Brock. Okay. This is interesting news because I heard that the first one sucked. Well, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard that it sucked and that it's actually really good. Right. If you don't think of it as a comic book movie. Right. If it's like a buddy cop film, it's really good. As in Venom's the buddy? As in, yeah. Oh, interesting. And when you think about it like that, you go, oh, actually, yeah, that kind of, that makes sense to me in my head. I think I know very little about Venom, aside from what I've learned from like the old Spider-Man cartoon. So this might be good for me as a non-fan. Maybe the fans are the people who maybe wanted something different. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I've heard I've heard different mixed opinions. I need to just watch it. And then here's a, this is a nice little talking point. This one. Okay. okay. <laughs> Cinema Blend has hinted at suspecting Marvel or Disney of releasing Avengers Endgame with additional footage for one reason only. To take the crown of Avatar as the highest grossing movie of all time. Right. So what do you think about that? So Avatar is on 2.788 billion. Or, you know, then that's that. That's sealed in. Hmm. Avengers is on 2750. 2.5, you know, whatever, money. Yeah. Forty, Just under 40 million short of Avatar. So that's not much at all. That's not I much can at all. so believe that they would just want to get to the top. Yeah. So, you know, Marvel's never done this before. They've never re-released a film with additional footage so soon after the first one came out. Well... So it's fishy. Deadpool 2 sort of did that. Oh, didn't they the do The Christmas them? special. Yeah. It was just the same film. Right, that's true. Limited release, though, so you can't say it was... And it wasn't trying to achieve anything. No, but maybe they were just trying to bump it up slightly. Who knows? Yeah. But I think it should be discounted on the fact of if you're adding additional footage well, It's no longer film, the same film, is it's it? It's not the same film anymore. No. Yeah. So It's extended cut. I don't care if they get to their milestone uh, disqualified. Yeah. Zero now. <laughs> well, bloody hell. Yeah, screw them. Withdraw $24 billion. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Avatar. I, you know, I'm not madly I, in love with Avatar. I but... absolutely hated Avatar. <laughs> I can I can stand it. Don't you enjoy Sam Worthington's work? Uh, not really. No. You didn't like Clash of the Titans? No. <laughs> no, I didn't uh, enjoy Clash of the Titans. Um, Apart from when he picked up the gold uh, owl. When, uh, like, uh, what's that? Uh, yeah. I told you about when I added the fart noise into Clash of the Titans. Didn't <laughs> you I? did. You yeah. did. <laughs> and it made it much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Marvel, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky do-badders, sneaky, sneaky Disney. They're acting like their nemesis queens in their movies. Ah, this came up last show as well with Matt. Matt uh, talked about how um, obviously all the shows been cancelled off Netflix, all the Marvel, Iron Fist and the like. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Presumably just to bring up on their own rival Netflix. Oh, just sneaky, sneaky sods. Mm. See, they're doing it. They're taking over the world! And there's a brand new show on North Arts FM all about Disney. A show? Yeah. A whole show? A whole show about Disney. So I hope they talk about it. Good Bring them to rights. Bring them to rights, yes. Uh, thank you. Please do have a uh, North Arts FM Disney show. Uh, but yes, that's um, all the thoughts that have been smorted for this week. 
Very good. We're going to break for some songs and then we're going to come back and talk about some trailers as well. Yes, Ooh. do it. Hollow Dell Media's Screen Bucket with Adam and Rob. Trailers. Trailers, trailers, trailers. Yeah, watch some trailers. Yeah, I think this should be a regular feature just to keep us up to date with things. Yeah, definitely. See um, these films coming out. Absolutely. Well, we watched the compilation of trailers this evening. Yeah, one of them was uh, Oscar worthy by the looks of it. Well, an Oscar, it looks like an attempt. At Oscar, Oscar bait, I Oscar think is the word. Oscar bait, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that one. Um, yeah. Well, let's start off with the one we've, we'd already watched and already discussed at length. Mm. Ready or not? Oh, yeah, it looks so good. I like a murder mystery, and you know, it's not really a murder mystery. It's but it's, it's set in a mansion. Yes, it's um in the past. Um, it's in the past. I think so. Is it just old timey? Maybe it's just old timey. It's featuring my favourite Margot Robbie clone, Samara Weaving. Yeah, so she's um getting married to a guy, and then to be initiated into the family, they have to take part in a hide and seek, which is actually we need to kill her. She has to survive the night to enter the family. Right. It's the gist I got. Mm. Uh, which is a fun idea. Yeah, and the Red Band trailer we saw had lots of blood and s- murders and guts and yeah, yeah. things. And a very tongue-in-cheek, oh no, I've accidentally killed her instead vibe going on. It felt like Inside Number 9 to me. Mm. The sort of dark humour, sort of a bit ridiculous but kind of possible mm. kind of thing. Yeah, I really liked that. Really looking forward to that. Scheduled to be released in end of August. Great. So yeah, can't wait for that. Uh, We also had uh, Echo. Right, which one was that? Echo was the very John Wicky one. Oh yeah, so it's a guy uh, with a gun and kung fu powers. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, it's hard to tell because it's quite keeping the mystery going. But it was almost like he had already killed someone and they were back for revenge mm. but it was almost implying that he was the guy he killed right hmm interesting uh, then we had a killer man uh killer man what a ridiculous name very drivey i thought yeah so it had uh the other hemsworth liam hemsworth miley hemsworth yes miley hemsworth yes uh, a drug dealer who hits his head in a car crash and loses his memory like, yeah all of his memory uh, and they were stealing money off dirty cops. Mm. So sort of a bit fast and furiously as well. Yeah, it looked quite fun. Yeah, it looked, it looked interesting. Um, Lady World. Now that, that was a highlight. Lady World. Do you remember that one? Which one was that? Lady World was the very feministy horror group of girls trapped in a house. Oh, yes, that looked very good. So they're, they're kind of driven by their own entrapment. And uh, so some of the girls allegedly start lying about a man who is or isn't there, and their paranoia yeah. turns them against each other. They start going mad by the look yeah. of it. It reminded me of uh, uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Lady of the Flies Lady is what it reminded me of. Everyone's going mad, everyone's trying to kill each other, and yeah, just all hell breaks loose, really. Hmm. And it's su- supposedly set in an apocalypse. Ah. They're talking about how... They're waiting for adults to come and save them, but maybe they're in more trouble. Yeah. Uh, really good. Uh, the one you really like, though. She's just a shadow. She's just a shadow. It's the Asian... Yeah! So, woman's like a crime lord? Yeah, the woman is a crime lord. It is a Japanese-made film, but it's not dubbed. They're all speaking English. They've all got American accents. Mm. And it's a very sort of... a. Uh... 
hyper real world of uh, manic crazy costumes there's drug dealers and there's it an seemed underbelly. to have yeah it seems to have everything yeah there's a serial killer that tracked women and watched them and stuff and killed them on the railroad yeah, yeah vibrant sort of blade runner-esque colors it looks visually appealing and intriguing plot wise as well mm. so yeah the uh the ostrobate though was uh euphoria euphoria uh Alicia Vikander and someone else. Sort of the love between two sisters or something. Uh, yeah, and they have to, they go to uh, like a retreat, a big house retreat to solve their problems. They're cut off from the rest of the world and they have therapy. Eh. 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 Not not my thing at all. Um, something I was quite confused about. It looked very... The trailer seemed very cheap, but actually it seemed like quite a good idea. Um, which was uh, Above the Shadows, mm. which was a girl who gets forgotten by the world and turns invisible. Oh, and she begins a sort of relationship with an MMA fighter who's the only man who can see her. There's one guy who can see her in the world and she latches onto him. Mm. And they together become a sort of partner duo. Yeah, and they work out that their destinies are entwined. There's a reason why he's the only person who can see her. So. Yeah. Weird idea. And it kind of... In- Ticked a few boxes in my head. Mm. Very indie Megan idea. Fox is in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, a few things coming out. Um, just Angry Birds 2. How do you feel about that? <laughs> uh, Troll World Tour. How do you feel about that? <clears throat> but they had... Uh, they stole my idea I've heard from years ago. So, basically, Troll 2 is... Uh, there are five music genres. Uh, pop... Uh, country and western classical funk funk and then uh like electronical yeah, yeah and then rock are the bad guys yep and they're gonna take us to the rock troll god or whatever it is yeah, yeah. to take over and destroy all the other musical genres so there's only rock and i always had an idea that uh every musical genre was based on a god from like thousands of okay, years okay so there was like so rock is like some viking-esque kind of big you know, axe welding warrior. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, maybe whatever. They're like they're, everyone is kind of an, an amalgamation of what that musical genre stands for. Mm. And then trolls, troll two stole it. Troll two, I, troll two, and I can't do it. Anymore. Troll world tour. Troll world tour. Troll, troll two is a very different film. Oh god, they're gonna <laughs> eat me! Oh my god! Yeah, but well, there you go. That's your place to end it. Adam's film reviews: Spider-Man: Far From Home, 2019. Everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. Yeah, I miss him too. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know that you were going to be here after he was gone. You going to be the next Iron Man now? Well, no, I don't have time. I'm too busy doing your jobs. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Look, keep up the good work because I am going on vacation. Heads up. Nick Fury's calling you. I don't really want to talk to Nick Answer Fury. The phone. Why? Because if you don't talk to him, then I have to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. You sent Nick Fury to voicemail? I gotta go. You do not ghost Nick Fury. What up, dorks? What's up? We're just talking about the trip. I'm here in St. Marco Polo's. Oh, I think MJ really likes me. That reminds me when I first fell in love. You're a very difficult person to contact, Spider-Man. 
Spider-Man Far From Home is the second in the current run of Spider-Man movies, but fits more as a sort of follow-up to Avengers Endgame. Directed by John Watts and written by comedy veterans Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, Spider-Man Far From Home opens with a genuinely interesting response to the events of Infinity War and Endgame, known now as The Blip, wherein the population disappeared only to reappear five years later, have come back unaged and in many cases dispossessed of their homes, careers and livelihood. As one school student says, his little brother is now older than him. Huh. Events really begin as Peter Parker vows to take some time off from being Spider-Man, while he and his class head to Europe. With his heart set on wooing Mary Jane, Parker ignores Nick Fury's attempts to recruit him into action and continues to Venice. While there, however, the class are attacked by a giant water elemental before being saved by a mysterious figure who they dub Mysterio. Mysterio claims he's from a different dimension, tracking the elementals before they're able to consume the world as they did to his Earth, and Nick Fury is in full support of him. Parker isn't interested though, and despite rejecting his call to action, Fury redirects the entire school party to Prague, where... Parker is pressed into action against a fire elemental due to attack the city at any moment. While Parker continues to try and impress Mary Jane in the face of Fury's pressure, he's drawn more and more to Mysterio, but the question is, who is this man really and what is he after anyway? Cue endless action and the most Spider-Man-y of Spider-Man quips and acrobatics all the way until we hit the end credits. I realise I'm in the minority, especially if you look at the review scores online, but eh, I didn't think much of this. Let me try and explain. First of all, I absolutely loved Homecoming, the first of the Spider-Man films. There's nothing wrong with the cast. Indeed, Tom Holland might be the best Peter Parker we've seen yet. But the film suffered from funny sequelitis. The first Spider-Man was funny, like really funny. It was a solid coming-of-age comedy in the style of John Hughes, with some really interesting pathos and action that meant something. Far From Home felt like it was trying to be funny. With so much plot to squeeze in, the film had a really nasty habit of rushing straight to the next bullet point, either for plot or for a punchline, but with no real payoff. Parker has little to no development, and we're left with the same Parker as at the end of Homecoming, and it just felt like a waste of time to me. Overall, I found the film pretty yawn-worthy until the end credit scenes, which blew me away. I'm not saying it's worth seeing just for the end credit scenes, but they do have to be seen to be believed. Honestly, wow. Far From Home? Take it or leave it. I don't think it's worth seeing, but yeah, I seem to be the only one who thinks that way, so who knows. <laughs> You work for Spider-Man? I work with Spider-Man, not for Spider-Man. New plan. Okay then, so... Kids' playground games that turned into a horror movie. Let's have a longer think about this one. Yeah, I think so. Give me, give me some more. Give me some games you played at school. 
Uh, well, one I didn't play at school, but I played up Hitching Cricket Ground in that little forest. Yes. Um, in between the Cricket Ground and Orton Head was Capture the Flag. Ah, yes. Capture the Flag's a great one. Yeah. So, uh, you would give a child a gun? Well, Capture the Flag is very Battle Royale-y. It is very Battle royale yeah. Hmm. So someone has to... Uh, let's think about that. Capture the flag. So what would someone need to get from someone else? They're all poisoned. They're all po- Okay. There's an antidote. There's an antidote. The antidote is at one side of a forest. A booby-trapped, predator-infested forest. You <laughs> grab the antidote from one side of the forest, you have to make your way back. Because the key to the antidote is back at base. Ah, yeah, okay, so they find the antidote, they can't get into it, they have to go back. They have to go back. Mmm. So do you get, maybe you get teased by certain predators that they sort of run into, or maybe like it kills one of them, and they know they have to come back into contact with that again. And maybe the way they get past the bad guy is they use the traps they've already escaped against them. They're like, hang on a minute, that tiger's here. Mmm. And he's an... Uh, Rumpy Stiltskin is, <laughs> is yeah okay is uh, is after me. He's almost on my tail. He wants the antidote because he's been poisoned as well for some reason. He's accidentally poisoned himself because he's a maniac. Yeah yeah yeah. And then uh, you get the tiger to kill Rumpy Stiltskin. Two people have been bitten by zombies. Different Ooh. types of zombies. These two t- different types of zombies are like designed to be. To- counter each other to counter each other out like a bee sting and a wasp sting if you get them on the same spot there's no pain oh uh, they are both kept in two different facilities and someone has to go get the other person's blood to put in the other one to neutralise the, vi- the venom ooh yeah I like that I like that okay so it's zombie infested wasteland mm. two different types of zombies fighting each other ooh I like it maybe you could have a slow uh, stumbling zombie and then have a 28 days later zombie and, uh, yeah you know speed and slovenliness cancels each other out mmm hopscotch okay how hop- can we make hopscotch horror hopscotch don't know if international viewers or listeners all play this game but it's basically a grid in which you hop along you have to do one step two step one step two step one to get to the end a bunch of squares uh, so how we do that? The first thing that comes to mind is like a saw-esque uh, maze. Yeah. And one of the chambers, or, or it's one long chamber. Right. And you have to hop the pattern, otherwise you fall through the earth and get eaten by a giant spider. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's kind of almost like um, The Last Crusade. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. It's like definitely Jehovah that. Like Jehovah starts with an eye. <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Is there any evolution of that? Um, so, eventually, the slates move further and further apart, and they have to work out how to get to the correct slate. Because the key of hot, hopscotch, you have to get all of them. You can't miss one out. So, yeah, it's working out the order and how to get to the other plate in time. Or, uh, it's like a Ouija board. Ooh. Someone's trapped as a ghost. Right. And they're a t- tiny little ghost. They're not human size, they're tiny, tiny. Alright. And they have to hopscotch around the Ouija board to communicate. But other demons are grabbing at them and pulling them away. A horror movie from the perspective of someone who's already dead. A ghost 
Who has to escape? Who has, to, has send to tell? A yeah, yeah. They've got a message they have to give it, yeah. and they have to hopscotch around the Ouija board. I mean, he could die at the start, or she die at the start horrifically, and you think, oh, gory death, they're done. Mm. And then all of a sudden they wake up in this black and white strange universe. Ah, oh, they're on the other, they're on the other side. They need to help the others via hopscotch Ouija. <laughs> Uh, and that's the title of the film. Hopscotch Ouija. Hopscotch Ouija. Hopscotch Ouija. Okay. Err. Uh, Simon Says. Oh, God. Simon Says. So you're going to need a maniacal, crazy like lunatic. Telepathic, controlling demon headmaster type. In my head, he's got the same voice as Cornelius Moneybags. <laughs> Simon Says. Simon Says. Yeah. Take two steps back. No, don't. Ah, buzz! <laughs> They're tortured and exploded. <laughs> they get torn inside out. Yeah. Ah. Spin around. I didn't say Simon Says. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. All right, that wrote itself. Yeah, well, it's just, just done, really. Um, Hula hoop. Is that when you got to squiggle the hula hoop around? I guess so, but it's around. made of knives. Okay, and they just keep getting stabbed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a short Well, they do, they do the hula hoop and it just oh. skins them. Oh, wow. Yeah. And why do they have to do it? Why? Because they're... They're being told to by Simon! <laughs> <laughs> if they don't skin themselves alive on their hula hoop, um, their friends die. And yeah? It, yeah, it's like, it's like Saw, but you're not doing it for yourself to live. You're doing it to save other people. How far will you go to save your friends before the pain becomes too great and you give up and let them die? Yeah. Interesting. Marbles, but with eyeballs. Um, I mean, scraping the barrel now. I think we will continue to scrape the barrel until we stop talking. I think this is. Um, you now. might, you might be right. Mm. Mm. But what about red light, green light? Don't know what it is. Me neither. What about red rover? Don't know what it is. What about? Uh, uh... Hoist the curtain! Dim the lights! Roll out the red carpet! And welcome your hosts, Adam and Rob! Scream! Bucket! So, ready or not, we talked about... Yes. It's clearly hide and seek. Yeah. So, what other... This has made me think. What other children's games should become a horror film? Well, uh, British Bulldog. British Bulldog. That's the ultimate, surely. Yes. So for anyone who's not uh, versed with British Bulldog, there are other versions of it. But basically, there are a, well, there's one person in the middle of the playground. Mm-hmm. And then all of the other people in your class has to run to the other side of the playground. And then if they get tagged, they join... They've lost and they join forces with the evil guys tagging people. Yeah, yeah. The winner of the game is the last person who gets to the other side. So maybe you'd have a zombie as the person. So it's like a, a Hunger Games. Okay, so yeah. one zombie in the middle and everyone has to run past the zombie. Mm. And then the zombie bites one of them. You're out of there! And then they wait till they're infected for round two and then there's more zombies. And then it's maybe uh, people start going against each other. They try and trap the other survivors as the zombies. Well, if you combined it with Piggy in the middle. Right. So they're like teasing the creature in the middle. Right. As I, you know, I visualize a werewolf. Yeah. They're teasing a creature in the middle and you're throwing the ball over 
And then you have to run to the other side. You have to swap sides. Yeah. And see you get slashed by the werewolf. I don't know. Some people turn, and then as soon as uh, they're bitten, maybe like the soldiers who are controlling the game try and pull out the wounded before they get mm. ravaged to death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, what about... There must have been a film called based on The Floor is Lava. Oh, my God. There is! There is! Um, it's just come out. Um, it, wait, or it's come out. I saw a trailer this year. I definitely saw a trailer this year. And that is the film. Really? Really? Yeah. What, what was it what called? Um, it might be called The Floor is Lava. I don't oh, know. Oh, my God, really? But, um, <laughs> soon, but it's ridiculous. As soon as you touch the floor, you don't like explode or anything. You yeah. just flop on the floor. I suppose The Blob is a sort of good grounding for uh, uh, The Floor is Lava. Tremors. Tr- tremors. Oh, yeah, you're so right. Yeah, yeah. Tremors. There's a whole sequence, The Floor is Lava. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, cool. Uh, anything else? Sardines. Sardines. What was sardines? People know. get locked in a in a small cupboard and people keep getting shoved in so everyone crushes to death. Oh, my God. The torture porn sort of uh, <laughs> horror film. Uh, it. It. Mm, or mm. tag, whatever. Hmm. Ippy Dippy. Duck, duck, goose. Duck, duck, goose. Duck, duck, goose. But uh, you—it's like a tusk. If you are, <laughs> if you, you're not turned into a walrus. If you are become the goose, the mad scientist turns you into a goose human, and then you <laughs> need to catch someone else to uh, survive or be put into the. No, there's a sequence, right? And they're all crawling. They're all having to go through tunnels, right? And a thing comes towards them, and they all duck. Right. And the only way to survive is by ducking. And if you don't duck, you get hit in the face, and then you mutate into a goose. <laughs> duck, duck, juice. Oh, my God. Pass the parcel. Pass the parcel. Okay, yes. Terrorist attack. Wow. In an airport, right. Bruce Willis plays a everyday cop. A Bruce Willis type, anyway. Right. Uh, and he has to get the bomb. Uh, he with the hostages, he has to pass it without detonating it. it yeah, it's one where it's a vibration de- detonation device. Yeah, so you have to be really careful and pass the pass. Yeah, and then well, it does blow up, but it's still, but it gets smaller. Like the outer shell explodes, and then there's a there's a bigger shell, and the last one. Well, they have to unravel the layer and find yeah. one explosive device. They have to undo. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne is on the other end of a computer talking to him. Yeah. Now you have to be really careful right now, and all this stuff. And he has to undo the plate, but then you have to pass it to another guy mm. to des- undo the next layer. Ooh. Yeah, and it's kind of also like um, cube, as in maybe every layer has a different death trap. So maybe a spike will come out and impale someone in the face. Oh, oh it's like Hellraiser. Uh, it's the Hellraiser block. Pass the parcel, but with Hellraiser, and they each have to do a different combination right oh my if god they get it wrong they'll get dragged to hell or... <laughs> absolutely oh i like it yeah well we should pen let's keep thinking of these just keep thinking i'll come back to that mm. let's play this is one of your choices what was it for beyond the sea from finding nemo yeah by robbie williams by robbie williams well 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 love him I'm just a sweet screen bucket. BTS. BTS? BTS. The Korean pop band who recently played in Wembley. No, oh, not oh, them, oh, luckily. Oh. God. 
<laughs> uh, just a quick one. I was at Tenacious D a few weeks ago. They released us from the SEC arena at the same time they released the BTS fans from the Wembley arena. A war started between Tenacious D fans and BTS fans. The Tenacious D fans were singing Tenacious D songs. They were making silly uh, other names for BTS like Blonde Tusk Salad. <laughs> and it was really annoying the BTS fans. I asked a BTS fan very politely who they were. And she was very rude to me. She said, oh, you don't know who BTS are. <laughs> so, um, as a result of that, uh, hate them. Don't yeah. care. Don't yeah, care. fair enough. But moving on, our BTS stands for behind the scenes. Oh. Uh, I am uh, parallel to our creation of Quaggers making a behind the scenes video. Mm. Um, so with a behind the scenes, what you really want to do, and I think one of the ones that springs to mind, which absolutely nailed it, uh, is Lord of the Rings. You want to create a good uh, linear story of how things happened okay uh you want to introduce the key people uh as soon as possible so your audience understands who we're talking about yeah in our case this behind the scenes is it's not just going to be something we'll fling in with the dvd we'll be kind of releasing it on youtube as when the film comes out maybe a bit after who knows um but for us it's important for publicity people want to know people are going to click on that and they're going to think oh okay this is interesting it's Mm -hmm. educational as well Yeah, yeah yeah you need to Show people how you're making this horror movie, you know. So they're gonna, you with ours in particular, you're gonna see some of the magic, some of the movie magic, how we made certain things. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting, especially from our point of view, because this is our first sort of foray into this. Mm. A lot of it we've had to teach ourselves. Yes. So a lot of the like mold making stuff is basically us just flying by the seat of our pants, winging it. Yeah, that's the word. Completely winging it. But, you know, I was going through some of the stuff and there's great bits of us location scouting, of you testing uh, different things on the camera, you know, um, different stages of worry. You know, there's a bit where there's a, I'm just looking concerned and dead inside because <laughs> we're having a sound issue. Okay. Um, and, you know, it, and it goes all the way from, you know, the initial rehearsals to uh, various hangovers to uh, auditions. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, Oh, yeah. and the horrible uh, audition flu we developed. Oh, God, yeah. There's mm. a lot of nose blowing and us chewing on sandwiches and things like that. <laughs> um, so uh, one of the things I realised is you you can't just be too boring. You can't just keep flinging uh, education, education. This is us doing this. This is us doing that. You need to show a bit of the ups and downs, a bit of the, oh, my God, this has just happened. You know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So That's it's important. Cool. You've got to create a good linear story. There almost has to be a plot. I mean, and there, and there is a plot with what we've done with Quaggers, with, with how we, we've gone along with it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Are you going to do any, like, voiceover or anything? Um, my plan was not to do voiceovers, but to just do interviews. Okay. So I'm going to have, at one point, when I, I need to put, like, filler bits into uh, uh, the editing software, into Premiere Pro. But basically, I'll, when I need a bit where you're explaining something, or Josh is explaining something, mm. or I'm explaining something, I'll sit us down with the Quaggers. I'll do what I did with the actresses and actors. Last time we had the actors round, um, I sat them all down in your living room and I filmed them. All but Bailey. All sadly. but Pillbeam. So we're gonna we're gonna have to impose his face. Yeah. Or darken one of us out and put on his voice. Or when we get to eventually have a rap party, we'll just grab a quick interview, I suppose. Yeah. Have him in a tux. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Make the other ones look rubbish. Um. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. I've kind of left the behind-the-scenes stuff all to Rob while I do the uh, the edit of the film. Yeah, I'm um, worried now because I've done 30 seconds, and <laughs> uh, I need, I know, like I've watched all of the footage, yeah. but I need to hurry up. 
Because we're probably going to be finished with Quaggers by the end of August, God's willing, or maybe early September, I don't know. Yeah, well, we're we're at the point where we just need to sit down and do all the effects and stuff. Mm. Um, Bit to do, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I should probably start moving on the sound. Ugh. Oh, good luck with that, mate. Yeah. Anyway, it's all happening. It's all, it's going all off. fun. And hopefully we can have a full update when it's uh, in the next couple of months. Definitely. Ooh. Yeah. I will uh, run uh, some form of competition. This, I'm only just saying this now. I just sprang into our head. We'll invite uh, some, some form of winners to the premiere, maybe. Oh, oh! Is that a good idea? That is a great idea. Yeah. Okay. We'll do a Quaggers competition. The first person to send five pounds. Yeah. To this <laughs> address ticket. wins a ticket. Tickets will be three pound fifty on the door. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Uh, cool. Well, let's put a song on. Oh, let's put "Radar Love" by Golden Earring on, shall we? Ooh. Screen bucket on Nofart FM. Beep boop. There we are. So that's our show. Mm, it is. What a show. What a show. Feel a bit tired. Yeah. Uh, well, you should be grateful to me and Adam for making our way through this second day of hangover. <laughs> delivering you Independence Day. Absolutely. I watched Perfection the other week. Perfection. Uh, it's just a really gory, apparently really terrifying, sickening horror movie. Supposed to be the most disgusting movie on Netflix. People threw up watching it and stuff. Right. Yeah. What did Name me one disgusting thing that happened. Uh, a lady vomits up bugs. Oh, that happens in The Mummy. Well, there's a bit that's very, bit, very much like The Mummy, where you can see the bugs under her skin and she's freaking out and oh, stuff. Oh, right. She should just eh. The Mummy. Eh. Eh. Nah. Is it a bit? It's a bit out there. I guess if mainstream audiences see it, they might feel a bit uncomfortable. But okay, it's the one big shrug. Really, I was a bit let down by it. Ah, uh, such a promising delivery. Yeah, very, 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 very poor. I watched uh, bloody Sex Education. Oh yeah, lots um, of people loved it. I, uh, if I was skin's age okay i would have loved it if i was 18 it would have been right up my alley oh really but now uh from the eyes of someone on the verge of 30 them uh yeah. there's an issue right um which i think would like i said would have worked for me as i was younger it's set in a sixth form right, right? Uh, in the middle of a very american looking english countryside uh, th- i've heard very, this yeah it's so americanized it's like an american high school yeah, um, yeah, in yeah. the way that in there's cliques and the way people act and the way people dress, it's all there's like a jock. It's so American, and I'm thinking, I'm scratching my head, thinking, well, why is it? It's, it's English. Was that deliberate? Yeah, it, yeah, hundred percent deliberate. Um, but I can't really judge it badly for that because it does work. But, okay, but I'm I'm too old for it, man. I'm too old. That's that's sad. Yeah. Oh mate. I'm, yeah. I mean, I hated skins when I was skins age, so maybe I like it. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe, maybe I'll hate it even more. Yeah, you'll probably hate it. Nah, you will hate it even more. <laughs> really? Um, <okay>. Yeah. <laughs> I um, I just don't have uh, any desire to watch it, really. I'm looking forward to um, Final Space coming out, Final season two. Final Space. Uh, it's kind of like a, all the serious, soppy bits of Futurama. Oh, I know what you mean. All weaved together into one story. It's really mm. good. Yeah. It's a solid sci-fi the thing. The square-headed protagonist. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. It's uh, yeah, it's it's Rick and Morty without the unhingedness. It's right. Just, it's just an emotional arc. Right. Um. Yeah. Mm. Looking forward to that. Happy season two. Have you seen that yet? 
I tr- uh, I didn't get it all the way through the first episode, and I didn't give it enough of a chance. But I didn't gel with it in the same way that I gelled with the Christmas theme no. the first season of yeah, Happy. Yeah, I think that's that's recurring. I'm halfway through. I'm coming up to the end now. I'm still. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they they're playing on the weird. I said all this last week, but they played on the weird a bit too much. I think I thought that. Yeah, I thought it was so weird that it was it almost overtook the plot and made it a bit harder to follow. Yeah, yeah. Everything's a bit disappointing now. Black Mirror. Ah, uh, yeah, I gave up on Black Mirror about thirty seconds in. Um, I uh, that's not to say maybe some of it's good. Did you watch the Miley Cyrus one? Yeah, was that good? Terrible. Oh, really terrible. Yeah, <sighs> I would have thought she would have came in like a wrecking ball. Uh, Are we gonna play wrecking ball this time? No. Oh, for God's sake! Well, no, we're not. We uh, will one day. One day when we do a film about wrecking balls. <laughs> Uh, so this was the first of our blockbuster specials. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, not only the best blockbuster of all time, mm. in my opinion, one of the best films ever made. Okay, a hundred percent in my <laughs> top five films of all time. Right? Shall I say what it is? Uh, yeah. Jaws. 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 So we were going to do it this weekend, but we have it's come to our attention that they're re-releasing it for the anniversary. Indeed, they're releasing it on the 18th, right. which is when this show, the next show will go out. Right. So why not combine the two? We're going to go deep on Jaws. It is, you know, an iconic, incredible film with some amazing acting from some amazing actors. Great Solid. White Turd. Great White Turd. Or Brucey. Yeah. Brucey. Brucey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, been a bit of an influence on us as the, well. The blockbuster that started all blockbusters, yeah, it inspired one of our like fantastic short films. It swims in the leaves. <laughs> one of our most well liked, I think. Yeah, yeah. Check that out. It swims in the leaves. You'll find it on our YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, but I feel it in my throat. I'll feel it in my eyes. Pollen is all around me. Why can't these flowers die? And that's the end of the show. And that's it. Yeah, we're done. We're done. We're out. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, Thank you for downloading the podcast. Do give us feedback if you liked it or if you hated it. Don't don't do that. Don't give us feedback if you hated it. Oh, all right. We'll do. Let's shut up, Rob. Sorry. Start again. Follow us at screen underscore bucket. Follow uh, at North Hearts FM, uh, at Hollowdale Media. Um, follow us on all the things. Uh, keep in touch with our sort of movie news, uh, with quaggers, with our upcoming shows, um, and see what we're up to. We'll be posting our activities as we go. Yeah, indeed. So, yes, thank you again for listening, and we'll see you again in 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 See you again in 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 in